Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Stay tuned! Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to hide I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard but the best thing
everyone. You are listening to the Looking Up Show with Danny, Shell, and Sharissa. How are you today? Pastor I am praising Danny? the Lord on this deliciously blue sky, perfect winter's day. Amen. It is a crisp oh. afternoon here in Newcastle. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, God is good, and we're excited to be here for a live program. Today is actually a very, very important broadcast. It's going to be live. It is. We're alive. <laughs> live. We're alive, and it is live. Uh, but today, our topic, what's our topic? Our topic is we are going to examine a prophecy that deals with the end time superpower on the political Stage. Okay, and Whoa, if, so if this huge. is we're talking about current events, current relevant, events. Relevant this stuff. is just going to be mind-boggling stuff. I know okay. I say that every week, but yeah. it really is going to be mind-boggling. And we, our mate Shell, she's going to be like a pig in mud. She's just going <laughs> to love today's show. Yes, she's got some favorite songs. Oh up boy, it's we all going to be about, about Shell. It's going to be all about Shell today. <laughs> so we're we're excited. And if you're scratching your head wondering why, <laughs> you will soon find out you will. Uh, when we get to our Bible study, but just a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, as this is a live broadcast, we love hearing from our listeners. Amen. Amen. We love hearing your comments. We love hearing your questions. And of course, we will have a special giveaway prize. We have seven copies of this prize available. So we will tell you the code word that you need to be able to be in the running to claim today's special prize. A trip for two to Disneyland. <laughs> For seven people. Wait, I didn't get that one. (laughs) Um, But yes, it won't be a trip to Disneyland, but it will be a book. And you're going to love that book. So uh, stay tuned for that. But the number to reach us on here in studio, if you have a comment or a question, even a prayer request, we'd Mm. love to hear from you. 04-888-17624. That's the number to text us on. I don't think you can call it, but if you text it, we will um, be able to communicate with you and we'd love to hear from you. So 4 Also, our program is it goes up on the website every week after we're done as a podcast. So we'd encourage everyone to get the app. Uh, you can get the Faith FM app. Then you can be listening to this broadcast if you're in the areas where the towers, maybe uh-huh. you're out of signal service. But if you have the app, you can generally listen to the programs nonstop wherever you are as you drive on the road. So get the Faith FM app. Go to the faithfm.com.au website to access all the previous episodes of this bo- this um, program and others. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, you can browse to your heart's content, uh-huh. really. We're now going to uh, listen to the Bruth Brothers. We like them. Without the Lord, that's the song they're going to be bringing to us. And then we will be back with current events as it relates to Bible prophecy and God's Word. So stay tuned and don't go away. Sweet hallelujahs we sing 
miraculous things they plainly show. They plainly show the blessings He brings. Can we deny His tender care? Nature around should make us aware. How could there be a river flow without the Lord? Not a flower would grow. Our praises should ring. What sweet hallelujahs we sing! Each day we see these wondrous things. They plainly show the blessings He brings. Can we deny His tender care? Nature around should make us aware. Without the Lord, not a flower would grow. Our praises should ring. What sweet hallelujahs we sing! We sing. Our praises should ring. What sweet hallelujahs we sing! And that was the booth. Brothers, not the Bruce brothers or the Booze brothers. Sometimes they get tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> the Booth brothers, and uh, that was a good song. Welcome back. You are joining us here for a live episode of Looking Up. And Pastor Danny, we're at that time in our program where we like to talk about what's happening in the world. Can we see Bible prophecy fulfilling? Oh my hat! Is oh, it telling hat. us? Right. That it's Jesus not is telling coming? us. It's shouting at us, Sharissa. Is it so? It's All right. shouting at us. Tell us. Tell us. Well, well, well. Um, I'm sure you've got a couple of things here that you'd like to share. But the one thing, um, I guess, leading off that I'd like to share, and this, you know, we, we talk about political events, you know, the war in Ukraine and um, the interest rate hike, which I've got a little bit of a ramble on that in a little bit. But um, we, we talk about all these um, yeah, political, economic, climate change, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of attention on that. But one of the biggest reasons why Jesus is coming soon is from a social perspective, like what's happening in society, you know, marriage and the family. We've talked ah, about that. Yes. Um, now, the church, okay, I'm talking about the Christian church in a generic sense. The Christian church needs to be on the front lines of standing up for God's values, for God's Ten Commandments, which is the, you know, the foundation, the bedrock of a, of a healthy and a peaceful and a prosperous society. Um, that's just always been the case. But when the church um, does the opposite, when the church goes along with um, this culture that we find ourselves in that is is heading south you know, very, very quickly, you know, we're deteriorating. When the church comes on board with, with those who are seeking to destroy the biblical values that you know provide for peace and prosperity and happiness, then we're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. So just um, uh, a short time ago, not not I think it was I think it was this week, last week, um, I read this headline from BBC News: Church of Scotland to allow same-sex marriages. Wow! Can you so, say that again? So this is the Church of Scotland. Um, they've had a convocation, a convention where. You know, wow. all their various leaders, delegates come together and um, they voted through 
to allow same-sex marriages. So I just want to read to you. um, Sorry? How long ago? Uh, Not very long ago. You'll be able to Google and you'll be able to find it. It's um, 23rd of May. Okay, 23rd of May. So what? that's only less than two weeks ago. (laughs) This is what what it says. The Church of Scotland has voted to allow clergy to conduct same-sex marriages for the first time. Members of the General Assembly... Assembly in Edinburgh voted to change church law following years of campaigning. It means same-sex couples will be able to marry in church in services conducted by ministers. And this was the result of the vote. 274 for and 136 against. Wow. And then this is, you know, well, the, the moderator um, uh, Dr. Ian Greenshield said there has been a lengthy, prayerful, and in-depth discussion and debate. Um, he didn't mention anything about scripture being involved um, about this topic for many years at all levels of the church to find a solution that respects diversity and values the beliefs of all. Hmm. The church is committed to ensuing that debates on this subject are held in a spirit of humility and grace, the tone and tenor of discussions, and he goes on and on and on regarding that. Now, this is just absolutely incredible. Um, just a basic, a basic biblical belief that marriage is between one man and one woman has now gone out the door, literally in the church, gone mm-hmm. out, and they're not the first ones. Like There's a number of Christian churches that have followed um, in this way. So it's interesting that, yeah, not, not all agree. Um, it says last year the Methodist Church became the largest religious denomination in the UK to permit same-sex marriages. Same-sex marriages. Um, you know, so, so this, is, this is something that is um, now, now beginning to permeate various Christian churches, you know, large. I mean, the Methodist Church, is, it's, it's not a small church. So anyway, this was really interesting um, what was shared there was um you know an individual very concerned obviously who didn't go along with it um and this is what he had to say um i just want to read this this is really really interesting he says um can't remember what the guy's name is but anyway i will i will share he says it's a serious mistake it said the general assembly of the church of scotland in conven- in converting an overture permitting ministers and deacons to officiate at same sex marriages into an act of the church has acted in a way which is both unbiblical and sinful so this is a guy within the church we all have a deep pastoral care and concern for those who wish to enter into same sex marriages and we understand the pastoral impulse of ministers and deacons who wish to help people at life's key moments but he goes, this decision contradicts everything the Bible has to say about the complementary nature of men and women and of the character and purposes of marriage. And um, so he says, he says this is just a bad day, a very bad day for the Church of Scotland. And, um, and this really tells us, Sharissa, that the Lord's coming is very soon, mm. you know, when when this is actually taking place in the church, yeah. this is in a in a Christian church, and this, like I said, Church of Scotland, you've got you know the Methodist Church, you've got I think other churches. I don't want to go mentioning them um, by name because I might get some of them wrong. But there are other churches that have already gone down this road. Wow, that, that's fascinating news you've just shared right there, and uh, it's not kind of news, but I did watch a documentary just recently. It was released on a website, The Daily Wire. They have a documentary they've released that's called What is a Woman? And Matt Walsh, he goes around and he actually asks a whole bunch of people, asks doctors, you know, gender psych, well, 
yeah. gender people. Politicians? Uh, no, I don't know we call, call them psychologists or something, uh, but, you know, people who study all of this stuff. People, yeah. Um, so A lot of letters after their name. Yep, yep goes to the universities and yeah. asks the simple question, what is a woman? People can't answer. They actually don't know because it's... It should actually go to, like, the three- and four-year-olds. Yeah. Could you tell me well, what the a woman thing, is, a the, mummy or a daddy? or, or You know, what? the funniest thing is he went to a, the, the, a tribe in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> in he had to go of, all the way to Africa. In the middle of nowhere, he asked this tribe, you know, what is a woman? And they told him. <laughs> they brought <laughs> them then, all out. Yeah. <laughs> here's one, here's another one. <laughs> but, you know, you're sharing, you know, what's happening in yeah. the Christian space and the churches yeah. and this, I, you know, how marriage is under attack and just even basic what God made, you know, uh, men and women, like the, the definitions are under attack um, in our world today. We live in a very crazy time, but I think it's in these times that we really need God's word. We need his word. Because the world changes, society changes, definitions change all the time, but God's word stands forever. God doesn't change. And that's that's a real encouragement. There is a constant in all the the shuffle and all the, the ebb and flow of opinion. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and just, just this comment and just on what you said um, from, from this, from this uh, leader within the Church of Scotland who has a very different view to the one that was voted through, um, he, says, he says, instead of following the clear and unambiguous, I love that word, and unambiguous teaching of God's written word, the Bible, the Church of Scotland continues to follow popular opinion. Mm. And that's the bottom line. Yep. Either we will choose to follow, as he points out, the clear, unambiguous word of God yep. or popular opinion. That's right. Popular opinion is that wide road that Jesus spoke of yes. in Matthew chapter 7, which leads to destruction. The narrow path is the biblical road that's not based on popular opinion but is based on the word of God, which is eternal. God's word is eternal. Amen. So when the church is stepping away from that narrow path, we know that the the writing's on the wall. It is. The writing is well and truly on the wall. And I think in the same sermon, because Matthew 7's in the Sermon on the Mount, mm. at the end of Jesus' sermon, he, he finished with that illustration of a wise man building his house on the rock. The rock being Jesus, the rock being the, the way, the truth, and the life. And the other man, a foolish man, who builds his house or his life mm. on the shifting sand. And when the storm comes, his house, his, his house didn't stand. And yeah. so, you know, Jesus' encouragement is to, you know, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Put into practice what mm. his word tells us because the principles that his word has, they are for your benefit. They're for your blessing. Mm. So you can have the best life ever. Absolutely. And um, and this goes back to, you know, you might remember, Sharissa, and some of our, our listeners might remember, I've shared the three blessings from the Garden of Eden. The first time God blesses, you know, the animals and nature. The second time God blesses marriage and the family. And the third time God utters the word blessing, there's three blessings. The term blessed appears three times in Genesis 1 and 2 is regarding the Sabbath. So what have we had? We've got, you know, nature under attack, Satan wanting to destroy nature, you know, the animals and the environment. We've been seeing that for the last 200 years with the advent of the Industrial Revolution. And now in the last 50 to 60 years, he's on to round two. What's round two? Marriage, Marriage and the family. family. We've just talked about that. What's the final round? The climax, the round three, the Sabbath will be under attack. So that is where we are heading. So you can see the trajectory. You know, the first blessing, 
down. The second blessing, down. Now he's aiming for the third and final and the one the one that he treasures the most to destroy. And are we going to talk a little bit more about We're that? We're going to talk about that today. Okay. Indeed we are. That's Indeed we exciting. are. Now, um, uh, another thing that we need to talk about is something that's very, very current here in our nation. Um, yesterday, the Reserve Bank of Australia announced oh. um, that interest, the official interest rate um, is up by half a percent. That's like, a lot. That's an enormous amount. I mean, it was down to... The fact checkers out there may be able to text us in what the official rate was before it had the first initial jump um, after nine or 10 or 11 years where it hadn't moved. It, well, it had just been going down, 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 down. The first time it went up um, uh, just before the election, it went up, I think, by 0.25% or something along those lines, um, up to th- 0.35%. 0.35, and now it's gone up to 0.85. Now, here's the here's the drama, and I've been saying this for years and years and years, Sharice. So I saw I saw this coming. I saw this this train wreck coming from a long time ago, and I've been preaching on this, and I've been sharing this in my seminars. What I've been saying is that we have been set up for a major economic crash. And I believe mm-hmm. that's in harmony with, with the scriptures. That's not just Australia, but it's around the world. Mm-hmm. So so just in brief, in, in brief, maybe we can unpack it some more one day because the Bible, Revelation 18, especially speaks of the economy. You know, the world economy is, you know, coming and crumbling and crashing. So anyway, you know, mm. just over 10 years, you know, we were living in la-la land, Disneyland, you know, governments were spending a lot. They were just printing money like it was growing on trees and whatever governments can do that. Anyway, we got to 2008. You know, 2008 should have been a wake-up call when we had our GFC, but no, guess what we did? Guess what governments did? They printed more and more money, pumped more and more money into the economy, and unless money is backed by something tangible, it's it's literally just paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so what happened? Prices started to go through the roof. And at the same time, well, interest rates started to go down, 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 because we didn't want to so-called crash the economy. So as interest rates went lower and lower, guess what? House prices went up, 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 up. And especially the young couples, they started borrowing. You don't worry about borrowing $100,000 or $200,000 like in my day. No, we're going to borrow half a million or maybe a million depending Mm -hmm. on where you live. And so it's all good and well while the interest rates are like, you know, so low. But the problem is when interest rates are so low, then when they start going up, they're going to go up monumentally because a half a percent on a 2% loan is, you know, 25%. Whereas once upon a time, the interest rates, some of our listeners might know, the interest rates were like at 14, 15, 16%. That's what they were probably before you were born, Sharissa. But I remember my parents, you know, that's how much they were pumping in to their house at about 15, 16% in the 80s, you know, if, if you Google it. And so, you know, when it goes up half a percent, when it's 15%, it's not a big deal. But when it goes up by half a percent and you're paying only 2%, well, that's a massive deal. And so... And it's only going to go up. So I see a major crisis coming on. And I believe, I believe we've been set up, um, whether, whether willfully or not, but it's been set up. I've been seeing the writing on the wall. And this is a major, major sign that things are, are, are potentially going to, um, dramatically impact, you know, mm. our, our geopolitical sphere in the world because 
when when there's crisis, economic crisis, when there's food shortages, which we talked about last week, you know, there's going to be riots, there's going to be stress, there's going to be upheaval, government upheaval, and voila, we need to bring in a new world system, a new wow. world political system, because the old one needs to get scrapped. A great reset. Have you yeah. heard of anything about that? I've heard that before. Okay, that's probably enough it's, of my ramble. It's the perfect storm. The perfect storm. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you know, in light of that, the words of Jesus become even more wonderful. Lay up for yourselves, mm-hmm. not treasures on earth, where moth and mm-hmm. rust destroy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where... You know, rates rise, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Amen. Um, that's the eternal treasure. So we're going to listen to Covenant Quartet now. They're going to bring us a song called Through. And after that, we have the news, and then we begin our Bible study. Mm. Amen. When I saw what lay before me, Lord, I cried, what will you do? I thought he would just remove it, but he gently led me through. Without fire, there's no refining. Without pain, no relief. Without flood, there's no rescue. Without testing, Through the water 
droughts, bushfires, pandemics, floods. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. So looks back, worry looks Looking up, we're still live, and it is good to have you joining us. Well, before we begin our Bible study, I just want to let everybody know that we have a prize giveaway for the first seven people to text in the code word today. I won't give the code word just yet, mm-hmm. so please stay tuned. But the book that we have is a very fascinating one. It's by Carlisle B. Haynes, and it's entitled From Sabbath to Sunday, The Attempts to Change God's Holy Day. Wow. If you're interested in history mm. and you want to know how some fascinating things about this subject from Sabbath to Sunday, this is a book you will want. There are seven copies. So, seven. Uh, be That's a perfect number. That's is, God's perfect number. So be listening as we give the code word and the number to keep handy for, so you can text it in. Be one of the first is 4 and that's a number you might want to keep ready because mm. if people have lock comments... Lock it in your phone. Lock yeah, it in your phone. Save it. Looking up. 0488-17624. Put it in your phone because you may even have questions as we go through today's Bible study. Mm. Yes, indeed. You, yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much, Sharissa. Well, today we have a big subject, Bible prophecy, current events, all in one. I don't think we ever have small subjects. <sighs> no, we don't. Not when I'm around because I've got like just too much to say and um, yeah. whether it's all whether it's all worth saying or not is another discussion that it's we want. Beside won't. the point. Beside the point, exactly. <laughs> beside the point. No, look, there's, there, there's a lot to share on this subject. We're going to go to the heart of Bible prophecy again, you know, to that very... Uh, central section in the book of Revelation, as we've discovered, the bullseye being, you know, those chapters 12, 13, and 14. We're going to be there again today, and we're going to be looking at a subject that is literally being fulfilled before our very eyes uh, mm. and has been, you know, in the last couple hundred years. So mm-hmm. um, it's just incredible. So the stuff we're going to look at is amazing. I'm going to do my best to do a bit of summarizing with um, some of the historical aspect because I really want us to get into some of the current events. There's just tons and tons and stuff. So, yeah, we'll do our best to share whatever we can. So, anyway, stay tuned. Um, But without any further ado, why don't you have a prayer and then we'll get stuck into it. Sure, let's pray. Our wonderful Father in heaven, thank you for the freedom and the privilege we have to study the Bible. We invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide and to bless all of our listeners as we delve into these deep themes and wonderful subjects. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I like how you mentioned in your prayer the freedom and the privilege to study these subjects. And the study that we're looking at today, one of these days, well, all these studies, many of these studies, Charissa, one, one of these days the freedom will be taken away in order for these to be shared um, privately, let alone publicly in the fashion that we're able to do that on radio. So, you know, our days are numbered, so we need to, we need to make hay while the sun is shining, as they say. Or to use, to use the biblical language of Christ, you know, um, work while it is day. Amen. Because the night is coming when no man can work. So the night time is coming. So anyway, all right. 
just in case um, someone may be joining us for the first time and um, you're like, wow, what's going on? Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. So just to catch everyone up, uh, so we're all on the same page, just a really, really quick summary. We're going through God's final message of love to the world, which is found in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. There are three messages there, three angels sharing three very specific messages that prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because what oh, follows... That, just because you said that, that makes them extremely extra- important. It's it's the gospel in an end-time context. Yes. Jesus said that needs to go to the whole world. And so that is what this message is. So if you've got your Bibles... Um, yeah, you can go there to Revelation 14 to 6 to 12 and you will see these three messages in their entirety and you'll see that the second coming follows. Now, I've summarized these three messages in six words. Now, okay. Sharice, so you would know them by now. I love them. The first angel's message is about God's truth. God's truth. The second angel's message is Satan's lies. Satan's lies. And the third angel's message? Your choice. Your choice. So God says, it's either my truth that you will accept or you will accept Satan's lies. You choose which one of the two. And well, what a God of love that is Absolutely. that actually lets you make the choice. Absolutely. Like he doesn't force you to choose his way. No, there's he no says, coercion. He just presents this is the way of life. This is the way of everything else. Yeah. You choose. Well, you know, like the blessing and the curses. Yeah. In the Old Testament, God said, choose life. You know, mm-hmm. choose the blessing. I, I, I lay before you. You know, two roads, two paths, you know, two options. Um, And so God always gives us the choice. And so we're in the third angel's message. We've been going through that. And today we're going to take a look at another element of the third angel's message. So maybe it would be good just to start off by reading the third angel's message, which we find in Revelation 14 verses 9 to 12. All right. The Bible says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay, thank you. So that's the third angel's message. Now, there are three important elements here that we need to unpack, and we've already unpacked two of them. We've looked at who the beast is and what the mark of the beast is. Today we're looking at what the image of the beast is. So, Sharissa... Who is this beast or what yeah, is a beast so in Bible prophecy? If our listeners are coming late to the program, mm. you can go back to our podcast yeah. and hear how we got to these conclusions. But the beast we identified as having all the characteristics that identify it as the Roman church state system of the Dark Ages. That's right. So otherwise the modern papacy. That's right. Uh, what is the image of the mark of the beast? The mark of the beast. That, that was we last talk, week. We talked about that last week. And the, the church actually claims mm. Sunday as their mark of authority. You right. shared an amazing quote yeah. from St. Catherine's Sentinel, yeah, I think. that's right. Uh, that actually, they just said it in a sentence. Sunday, Sunday is our mark of authority. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Thank you. We don't have to look far for it. In. Yeah, so, so, um, so we've identified the Church of Rome as this uh, beast power. It's a system. It's a system, exactly right. We're not talking about people, individuals. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the system. And its mark of authority is the first day of the week that it, says it changed from Saturday to Sunday, it claims that it had the authority from God to do that. And we obviously don't agree with that because no one has the right, no human being, no human institution has the right to tamper with God's holy law. 
And so today we're looking at the image of the beast. What is this image of mm. the beast? And um, there's a lot of conjecture out there in Christian circles of what it might be. So today we're going to look at what the Bible has to say. And once again, ah, the good. Bible will make it super clear. That's good. Now, Sharissa, history. The power that the Bible spoke of as the Roman papacy would rule for 1,260 years. Those 1,260 days represent 1,260 years. One day in Bible prophecy equals one year. Now, do you want to read that little um, historical note regarding from 538 and, and onwards? So yeah. those those who may not be familiar with this will will understand because this is really important as far as the context of what happens and next. And the great thing about this is it's history. So it you is. can verify it in yeah. any library. Go on. Google. Google. Yeah, it's all there. Um, so in 538 AD, the Roman Emperor Justinian made a decree establishing the Bishop of Rome as the religious and political authority in Western Rome. 1260 years later, on the 15th of February, 1798, Napoleon's general, Berthier, marched into Rome and took Pope Pius VI captive and broke the Roman Church's political power. Isn't that phenomenal? That's like Bible, the prophetic time clock of Bible prophecy chimed right on time. And that prophecy was first given by who? By Daniel. Yeah, it was. 500 plus years before Christ. Amazing. So, so this prophecy was fulfilled literally two and a half thousand years after it was given. Yes. You know, the, the final fulfillment. And it started in 538 AD till 1798. So that's really interesting. Now, the Bible actually in Revelation 13, 10 described what would take place, that, that the Church of Rome would receive this deadly wound which was inflicted on it by Napoleon Bonaparte in 1798. Do you want to read what Revelation 13.10 has to say? The Bible says, He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. You know, the Church of Rome used the power of the state, which is the sword in this this, uh, reference, used the power of the state in order to persecute. Military power. Yeah, military power. And in the end, the military power turned on the church. Mm. And so this is really fascinating, but this is not where the story ends. Because if you go back a few verses in Revelation 13, verse 3, it speaks of this event, 1798, but it says what will happen after this. This is incredible. Do you want to read Revelation 13, 3? And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Wow. He's talking about the sea beast, the this beast is we've identified. Yeah, the Roman papacy. Wow. So it says it would receive a mortal wound. Now, if you have been mortally wounded, Sharissa, are you dead or are you alive? I tell you this, you can't put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the answer, folks. <laughs> you're, um, you're almost dead. <laughs> yeah. So the church, as far as a political power, was dead and buried. And if you read, you know, what historians had to say um, in the aftermath of the Pope being taken prisoner and he died in captivity, um, they said that the Church um, of Rome, the papacy, as a political system was dead and buried, would rise no more. Never more to come back on the stage of human history. Exactly. But God said... 2,000 years ago... The wound would heal. The wound would heal, and not just that it would heal, but it says all the world 
marveled and followed after the beast. So the entire world will give its allegiance or will follow in the footsteps of the Roman papacy. So the Roman papacy is seen as um, rolling out the end-time world agenda and the kings of the earth and all the, you know, the, the economic who's who of this earth, they will all follow the, the, you know, the template that the Roman papacy will be rolling out mm-hmm. at the end of time. So that's what we're looking at. Now, the question is, how on earth will this happen? You know, who will give this power back to the Church of Rome? That's a really good question. Will there be like will there be like the United Nations? Will there be some political powers? How what do we know? Does the Bible give us an indication of who will be at the forefront of restoring the power? Not just power, no power. This is not just Western Europe we're talking about. We're talking worldwide. So now the Church of Rome's power and reach is well and truly above and beyond Western Europe, where it was in 1798. Now it's worldwide. This is such an exciting study. And I'll just say one thing. Go for it. That the clue is in the chapter we're in. Yes, it's right there, Revelation 13. Because there's not just one beast, but there are two. There are two. Actually, there are three. There are four. There is the dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Satan. And then there's a lamb. True. So we've got the dragon, we've got the lamb, Jesus Christ, but the two primary beasts um, are the sea beast, which is the Roman papacy, and now there's another beast that comes onto the scene of history. I'm excited. All right, Revelation 13, verse 11. Okay, so after the deadly wound, which we read of in verse 10, so if you want to read the, the entire passage from verse 11 all the way through to verse 18. Love to. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Wow. There's a lot in there, isn't there? There is. There is a whole heap in there. So we've got this power that arises that gives breath. To life. The, life to the image of the beast. So there is an image that is going to be set up Ooh. to the beast, to the Roman papacy. So that's what we need to find out oh, so many who, this, who this power is <laughs> that gives life back to the Roman papacy. Okay, everybody, you cannot wow. leave this channel. Huge. That's a settled decision. <laughs> We're going to listen to Randy Travis bring us Jerusalem's cry. And then after that, we are going to continue We're unpacking We're going to identify this who this power is. Oh, this is exciting stuff. This lamb-like power. Away. Can you 
gather in the east for the war that's soon to come. Death will march with the mark of the beast. So seek the light and walk with the sun. Soon we'll see his wrath come down and the Lord descending from the sky. Randy Travis and we are still looking up here in studio and we will give you the code word but not until we continue the Bible study. That's right because so, we're about to have the drum roll for who this power yeah, is. Yeah, just take it away Danny. <laughs> this power is none other than the United States of America, the USA. Now I hope we're going to prove this. We are going to share from the Bible and All from right. history and from current events that there is no other power on the planet, that this power can be that gives its authority and power and, and erects an image 
to the Roman papacy, which we're going to discover Ooh. what that image is. But yeah, it's the United States of America. This is an incredible Bible study. Huge. So now that Danny the has said this. The lone superpower in the world right now. <laughs> this is amazing. So, all right, now that you have shared this with our listeners, we want to tell them about that book. We have seven copies, only seven copies available today. So if you're one of the first seven people to text in today's code word, you will be receiving this book from Sabbath to Sunday by Carlisle B. Haynes. It's a fascinating study of the historical aspects of the Sabbath question, showing how, when, and why, and by whom the change was made from the seventh to the first day of the week. So, Pastor Danny, today's code word is... USA. How do you spell that? USA. <laughs> Spelled USA. So, if you text... Those letters, USA. Those three letters, USA. And you're one of the first seven people to do so. It's the easiest giveaway <laughs> there'll ever be on the Looking Up Show, surely. USA, USA. Okay. All right. Okay. I can so see Shell, Shell smiling from ear to ear. She's got some American oh, blood in her. Oh, boy, oh, boy. She's already preparing to sing the national anthem. <laughs> yes. And uh, you're not really putting my country in the best light here, no. <laughs> but still. <laughs> God bless America. Yes, God bless America. <laughs> um, our number to text is 04-888-1762-4. Quick, get your phone. Do it right now. USA 04-888-1762-4. Now we're going to discover that this nation, this lone superpower, did start off super well. We're going to look at how it began, but then sadly we're going to have to look at the truth of how it ends up. Okay. So it starts off well, but unfortunately it goes off the rails. So anyway, all right, Sharissa, we have made a big, bold, hairy claim. We now we need to back that up with scripture, you know, because yeah. this is a, a, a show where we don't deal with conjecture. We don't deal with what Google has to say. And we talked about that earlier in our, in our current events section. We want unambiguous truth from the Bible to back up every claim that we make. So, is this power, this lamb-like beast that is described there in Revelation 13 verses 11 to 17, is this indeed the United States of America? All right, let's take a look at some identification marks. There were identification marks that helps us to understand who this sea beast is. In the same way, God has given us ID markers to help us to discern and identify who this power is. It'll be just as simple as simple can be. So firstly, the Bible tells us that the United States would arise at a specific time in history. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we know that, Sharissa? What's the first word that appears in Revelation 13, 11? Well, I'm looking at the verse here and it says, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. Okay. So when is then? When is then? Okay, do we have do we have a context for when then might be? Do we I guess we need to look at the context. We do. So what's the previous verse say? Uh, it says, He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the Okay. Sea. So this power is arising when the Roman papacy is going into captivity captivity and when did that happen what did we discover well, we earlier we were just looking before at history and we saw that in 1798 the pope was actually taken captive by Napoleon's okay. general okay so did the united states come onto the scene of history 
in a major way around the year 1798, in that period of time. I think you need to give us a history lesson. Oh, you do that for me, oh, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I like your history. <laughs> you go for okay, it. Okay, well, what I got here is the United States declared its independence in 1776. It voted through the Constitution in 1788, adopted the Bill of Rights in 1791, and it was recognized as a nation by 1798. Oh. All right, now we've got Shell, an original USA fact checker in the studio. Shell, <laughs> did we get those facts right? And she is nodding. She is nodding. Hesitantly nodding. <laughs> so, anyway, so there you go, Shell's fact checked it. But no, you can go onto well, Google and you, know, you can check that out. Someone might say, what if this, like Australia, was yeah, also coming into power around this what, time? Do you remember what year Captain Cook settled in Australia? 1788. Yeah, that. That's January 26, 1788. Yeah. So that's around that time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so. All right. But there's more than just this one okay. ID marker. So this okay. is just a time element. We go beyond that. Now, what's interesting is um, John Wesley, in his notes on Revelation in 1754, okay, he had this to say. He said, regarding this power, this second beast of Revelation 13, he said, and I'm quoting John Wesley, he is not yet come, but he cannot be far off, for he is to appear at the end of the 42 months of the first beast. Wow. This is John Wesley. John Wesley was onto it. In 1754. Mm. So he, he knew that this power was coming, but he wasn't quite sure who. What a good Bible student. Oh, absolutely. Now, there are three other good Bible students that I came across, and this is um, from a historical um, giant, a guy called uh, Leroy Edwin Froome, and he's written a four a four part uh, history, um, uh, all the way Christian history uh, series called the Prophetic Faith of Our Fathers. And in Volume Four, page ten ninety four, he says that um, there were three individuals by the name of Dr. Thomas Goodwin, Isaac Bacchus, and uh, Judge John Bacon. Um, in the 17th and in the 18th century. And although they did not name this power as the United States of America, Goodwin, Bacchus and Bacon connected this power with Protestantism. So they connected this power with Protestantism. Furthermore, Bacon suggested that the two horns represented civil and religious liberty. Wow. So, yeah, so these are Christian historians and they could see based on the Bible that this power would be a Protestant power, and that civil and religious liberty would be very much part and parcel of what this power will be sharing based on a number of things that we're going to be looking at. Now, the, the first person to identify this power as the United States of America was a guy, was a Seventh-day Adventist by the name of John Nevins Andrews in 1851. So can you imagine in 1851 when he claimed that this that the United States of America is going to be the worldwide superpower at the end of time. Well, America wasn't that no, it wasn't. much of a superpower. It wasn't. Was it? it wasn't. Who were the big superpowers? Europe. Europe. Yeah, they were in Europe. They were in China. France, France, Hungary. Um, yeah, not sure about China, but yes, no, just, um, it could be. <laughs> that was a guess. <laughs> but certainly, certainly, you know, the UK, Great yeah. Britain, um, they were the big superpowers. 
you know, in the 1850s. So this was a big claim. And then a lady by the name of Ellen White, who has written a wonderful book on this, on Bible prophecy called The Great Controversy, which I'd encourage everyone to read in 1884, she also said, yes, this is none other than the United States of America. So let's move on quickly and take a look at some of these other ID markers. It would arise in a sparsely populated area. What else does it say in Revelation 13, 11? Well, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. I guess that's mm-hmm. the sparse. Yeah, that's the earth. So the earth is opposite to what? To the, the sea. sea. Yeah. So what does the sea represent in Bible prophecy? According to Bible, according to the Bible, the sea represents peoples, exactly. nations, multitudes. We get that from Revelation seventeen, verse fifteen. That's right. And so the first beast is coming up out of the sea, isn't that right? The Roman right. papacy so is coming up. Very populated part. The Western old Europe, the old world. Yep. Exactly. And so the United States is coming up in the new world where it's sparsely populated. So yes. it ticks that um, item as well. And we won't take the time to read Revelation twelve sixteen. Well, maybe we'll do that um, because there it mentions this power coming up out of the earth. Do you want to read Revelation twelve sixteen? The earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon spewed out of his mouth. Okay, so here is a reference to the United States of America. And so this flood is persecution, the dragon being Satan. And so from the old world... People fled to the new world, the United States, in order to flee persecution, which we're going to get to as we go along. But it's right there in Revelation chapter 12, Mm. that same language, the earth is used. All right, now point three, exhibit lamb-like characteristics. Well, that's pretty straightforward because that's right there in the middle of the text, isn't it? Yeah, it says here, I'll read it again. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Okay, now who is the lamb a symbol of in the book of Revelation? Well, every time it's mentioned elsewhere, it's referring to Jesus. Exactly, exactly. So there are 33 times that the word lamb is mentioned in the New Testament, four of them um, in the Gospel of John and 29 in Revelation. And we have John who says, Behold, you know, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he was also the one who was John the Revelator. No, that was John the Baptist. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. John the Baptist, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I've Close. never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's John one twenty nine. Yes. You know, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins. And Christ, mm. you know, is, is the Lamb. And so the Lamb is always in reference to Christ. So this power would have Christ-like characteristics. And it's interesting because in Matthew eleven twenty eight, notice what Jesus had to say. Do you want to read eleven twenty eight for us? He said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Beautiful. And it's interesting, um, the wording from Emma Lazarus that we have on the Statue of Liberty there in New York Harbor. So as the as the pilgrims and as the as men and women, boys and girls came from the old world and they sailed into New York Harbor. They were greeted by the Statue of Liberty, which is still there. Do you want to read the words there on the yeah on the Statue of Liberty, that poem that I've is etched there? I've never seen it, but I would love to visit it one day. Yeah, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I'd love to as well. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Okay, does that sound like Matthew eleven twenty eight? Come to me, all you who labor in a heavy laden, I'll give you rest. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that correlation, but yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's right there. It's right there. It's interesting. The Statue of Liberty 
um, is one. The Pledge of Allegiance is another one. Now, should we get Shell to <laughs> quote the Pledge of Allegiance as a true blue American? Do you remember it, Shell, off she the top can, of your head? She can stand while we say it. Here we go. We're going to fact check you, Shell. I can start it, but I don't oh. think I can do all of it. Okay. I haven't oh, done you... it since primary oh, school. Oh, okay. Well, you start us off. Start us off. Let's see how you go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with, with liberty and justice for all. Whoa! Yeah, she got yeah, it. Okay, clap. She's an it. American. She's true blue. So there you go, folks. We just had to make sure she was true blue. <laughs> and she is indeed. And that was... In 1892. Oh. So there you go. You did well. So you guys had to um, share that, did you, um, at school? Yeah, at the start of school every day we would stand wow. up. Wow, talk about patriotic. Every day. put your hand on your heart and do the Pledge of Allegiance and look at the flat. Wow. Mm. wow. See, we don't have anything like that here in Australia. No, we don't. We could we could do like waltzing Matilda as our <laughs> pledge of allegiance. I'm not sure. No, <laughs> no maybe not. <laughs> well, that's pretty amazing. You did well, Shell. So look, and indiv- you know, one nation under God, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice. So attractive. Isn't that Christ-like? Beautiful. Under God? Yes. This is a godly nation. Well, you know what? We're going to have to put the pause right here because the Gaither Vocal Band are going to bring to us a song that's just so appropriate. It's called God Bless America. Oh, I have mercy. <laughs> so I we, love we just it. I have love to it. hear this one before we keep going. Through the night with 
Just makes me want to be American. Boy, boy, <laughs> just as well. You kind of half. I married one. You married one. <laughs> you married one indeed. Yeah. Wow, that that song says it all, doesn't it? Ah, oh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, beautiful song. God bless America, and indeed, God has blessed America. He has. And before we keep going, we should just remind our listeners mm. there is a prize. Um, some have been claimed. One has definitely been claimed, I can see. So if you want to be in the running for today's prize giveaway, we only have seven books available. The number to text is 0488-17624 and the code word is... USA. Yeah, it's actually not a word. It's initials. No, it's initials. <laughs> oh, so. oh, if you want to spell United States of America, Go be my it. guest. <laughs> <laughs> but USA, text USA to 488 Fantastic. Well, Sharissa, it's true. God has blessed America above and beyond uh, any other nation on the planet. There has been no other nation on the planet whereby in the space of 200 years has risen to such power and prestige as the United States of America. There, I mean, Australia was around. You know, Australia was basically, I mean, you know, there, there were the pilgrims there, obviously, a lot earlier, you know, the 1611, the Mayflower, but it only became, it only received its independence, you know, in 1776, as we discovered. So from 1776 to today, I guess they're coming up to their 250th anniversary, and that's going to be a big deal, obviously, um, in a couple of, in a few years' time, 2026. But there's been no other nation on the planet that has been so blessed as the United States of America. And I did a bit of Googling, and I took a look at the population growth. Um, the USA in 1900, okay, 120 years ago or so, the USA had 76 million people. Today, the USA has 332 million people. So it's, mm. I guess, quadrupled, you could say, uh, more than quadrupled, almost five times. Russia had 128 million people in 1900. Okay, that was a big power. Russia today has 146 million so it's literally hasn't even gone up by 20 million. The UK, 39 million in 1900 and today 67 million. So it hasn't quite doubled. So you've got the United States where there's been a mass influx from all around the world. And today it's the political, the economic, the military, the technology, the social and cultural and the religious capital of the world. It's just how it is. I mean, you know. Or even Hollywood. I mean, it's, it's all there. It's uh, there in America. Google, yep. Facebook, um, Wall Street, Netflix. You know, McDonald's, Netflix, 
just jeans, <laughs> you name it. I mean, um, the United States has, um, you know, just pervaded the entire world through its influence, through its culture, and just through its reach. So that's really, really fascinating. Now I want to get to, did you want to sh- share anything before we get to our next point? No, no, all good. Okay, I was going to say a lot of other things, but we don't have time, so we're going to move on from there. Now, it has two horns like a lamb. We read that in a text, Revelation 13, 11. Two horns like a lamb. Now, a horn represents a kingdom or a nation, okay? Um, so people may be thinking, wait a minute, the United States of America, it's it's only one nation, you know, one nation under God. Um, but... What we are looking at here is the two principles that are the foundation of this nation. Because Jesus actually talked about two kingdoms. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. So he talked about the kingdom of this world and his kingdom. And in Matthew 22, verses 21, there Jesus, when they tried to trick him um, about should we pay taxes to Caesar, yes or no, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give to God what belongs to God. So as far as Jesus was concerned, um, we live in two kingdoms. We live between the kingdom of this world, which we are physical citizens of, but our hearts are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You know, that is our ultimate destiny. That is where our ultimate citizenship needs to be because that's for eternity. So Caesar and God, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. So this nation would be founded and grounded on these two all-important principles, respecting the government but also giving allegiance to God. Interesting. And I um, I remember I was talking to somebody about it, The um, you know how I brought up how could this be Australia, mm. and they pointed out to me that on the horns of the lamb there are no crowns, mm. crowns indicating kingly power. Mm-hmm, on the other mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. other beast, the ten horns have ten crowns. They do. So it would imply that it's a republic. That's right. Which is governed by those two principles you just said. That's right. So so that takes us to, um, yeah, like and you said. And we're part of the Commonwealth. That's exactly right. Which we've seen recently. Exactly. Well, look, well, you look on, on, on our coins. We talked about that That's last right. week, you know, on our on our currency, on our coins, use the, you know, the, the head of the queen. That's right. And um, there's a crown. Mm-hmm. And obviously we had her jubilee this week yeah. and we wish her all the best. Yes. And, um, yeah, so we have, we have no crowns on this beast. So it's a government of the people, for the people and by the people. So as you pointed out, the two principles that the United States is founded and grounded on that bring about its success in the world is republicanism, which you've mentioned, a government without a king, and Protestantism, a church without a pope. Mm. Because this is what the old world was founded on, wasn't it? Yeah, and it brought a lot of tyranny with it. It did. A lot of um, persecution and all of that. So I guess people left, fled the old world, came to the new world in the hopes to avoid all of That's the right. pain of the past. That's right. And that was the French Revolution. The French Revolution was about dismantling church and state that were in bed together. Mm-hmm. You know, they got they, so the, the guillotine came out and both the religious leaders and the political leaders, they all had their turn. Yep. Um, and so that was what the French Revolution brought about. And it's interesting, the French Revolution is taking place in the old world and the new world is rising up. Mm-hmm. That is not based on the old world principles. Mm-hmm. So freedom of, of conscience, as we're going to get to in just a moment, and um, so freedom, free, civil 
freedoms and religious freedoms. Now it's interesting. The yeah, so the Constitution. We're going to get to uh, we're going to get to the Declaration of Independence. Do you want to read the Declaration of Independence? Um, from July 4, 1776. It's really fascinating These language. are amazing words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is a phenomenal statement. It really is. We take it for granted today, some 250 years down the track, but in 1776 to say that everyone was equal... I mean that was just crazy talk. Yeah. I mean that the 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 lowest of the low was on the same level as the person who'd become the president of the United States of America. Absolutely. And I'm looking here too, you know, those unalienable rights. Mm. Now what does that mean? The, the rights word. you cannot separate from any individual. They can't be taken away. But those rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those three rights there I've actually discovered in my Bible. Like mm-hmm. those are things that God wants us to have. Mm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit the of abundant happiness. abundant life, yes. Yeah. Yes. Blessed are those or happy are those. That's, that's part of the Beatitudes. And the pursuit of happiness, absolutely true. And um, and it's interesting that in the Constitution, the very first amendment of the Constitution, mm. these words appear. Mm-hmm. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So what do we have here? Religious and civil liberty. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Religious freedom. Civil Serve God freedom. as your conscience dictates. Yeah, exactly. And this is the Ten Commandments. If you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are dealing with your relationship with God, and that's between you and God. Mm-hmm. The government has no right to dictate to you how you worship God, when you worship God, uh, whether you want to worship God to begin with. But the government has a lot to say when it comes to the second tablet of, of the Decalogue, which is you know marriage in the family, not murdering, not stealing, um, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so we have these two very clear kingdoms, even in the Ten Commandments. It's like it's so it's so clear. Absolutely. All right. So church and state. God's plan was for church and state to remain separate, and that is how the United States was founded because they were well aware of what happened in the old world. And I've said it a million times, and I'll probably say it another million times, but when the church and the state get into bed together, there's always only one conclusion, and that is PPP, persecution. (laughs) I'm not sure what the other two Ps are for, (laughs) but persecution, persecution. Powerful persecution. Yes. Popery and persecution. And, <laughs> I was know. wondering how you spelling that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so persecution always comes about when the church and the state come, come together. together. It was bad news in the time of Jesus. It was the union of church and state that led to the crucifixion exactly, of Christ. Exactly, exactly. So it's always bad news, as you said. It's say. always bad news. So it happened in the time of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened during the Dark Ages. And it's going to happen again, sadly, at the end of time, according to what the Reve- uh, according to what Revelation tells us. Now it says that this power speaks like the dragon. Yeah. Now, who's the dragon? Oh, in the previous chapter, chapter twelve, mm-hmm. verse nine, it's Satan. That's right. Yep, Satan is, is the nine? dragon. Yes, yeah, nine. that's right. Yeah, verse nine. 
um, Satan, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. He's the dragon. Now, it says he speaks like a dragon. Now, how does a nation speak? How does a nation speak? I guess through its laws. Through its laws and its legislative assembly. That's how a nation speaks, by enacting laws. And so the Bible tells us that the United States of America will enact laws through legislation, through the, you know, it's, it's three uh, branches of um, uh, government. You know, you've got, you've got the president. Executive. He, yeah, the, he's, then you've got Congress and then you've got the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, judicial. Yeah, and- judicial. I don't quite know. Legislative. Legislative and executive. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So that's why I knew I could turn to Sharissa. (laughs) Now, um, it would flex its worldwide power. This is point six. It would flex its worldwide power and influence by causing its own citizens as well as the whole world to worship in a certain way. Now, this is absolutely unimaginable. Unimaginable. But we're going to take a look at this before we we sign off and we're going to deal with all our current events and we're going to just show how this is all taking place in the section after the news. But before that, we'll discover that it will do that through two main methods that Satan has always used and that is coercion and deception. Mm. Now, the word causes appears, I looked it up, four times. Do you realize it appears four times in Revelation 13, verses 11 to 17. So you may want to read just verse 12. Uh, And he exercises all the authority of the first beasts in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Okay, very clear. So the United States will cause or force the entire world beginning with its own citizens and then the rest of the world, to worship in a certain way according to the dictates or according to the, uh, to the desires of this first beast, which we've discovered is the Roman papacy. Mm-hmm. And we've discovered what the mark of the beast is, which is what? It's, it's when Sunday will be legislated in the United States and around the world when it becomes, uh, when it becomes illegal to to function outside of Sunday as it will be set aside as a day for the planet, for worship, for family, for you name it. It will be the day that is set aside worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that will be tightened more and more as the days go along. The second way is through deception. Now, it's interesting. If you'd like to read from verses 13, well, 13 and 14. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Okay, wow. So, coercion and deception. Through signs. Through signs. Now, when we think of fire coming down from heaven, what story in the Bible especially comes to mind. Pentecost. Pentecost and the Old Testament. Elijah. Elijah on Mount Carmel. Mm -hmm. And that was fire from who? That was from God. From God. So this will be Satan bringing down... An imitation. An imitation in order to deceive the world. You know, it's also interesting... I just wonder, could there also be a connection with music? Mm. Because on on Mount Carmel, there was Mm -hmm. also... They Mm -hmm. were trying to invoke their Mm -hmm. God of Baal to Mm -hmm. send down Mm -hmm. the fire... Through dance and music. 
That's exactly right. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things to ponder on. We'll, we'll, we'll find out what some of these things are more specifically, but we've got the big picture at least. I think we should listen to the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh, wow. Don't you think? I think so. It would be appropriate. Very much so. <laughs> so we'll have the news right after that. And then... Current well, events. Can't wait. eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us us make men free. While God is marching on, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, bits worth repeating. This one came through from Freco. He says, Sometimes the world can be cruel and get us down. I was in a dark place in the last few days. I went to the Bible for help, remembering what Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I found Psalms 22. Wow. Awesome. What power. I was crying by the time I got to verse 6, thinking it was all about me. Let me just go over this and read to you, because this is powerful. Psalms 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you hear not. And in the night season, and I am not silent. But you are holy. Oh, you that inhabit the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried unto you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not confounded. But I'm a worm, a reproach of men and despised of all people. I can see somebody reading this through and thinking, yeah, that's me. Mm. And then you suddenly realize, wait a minute, that's not me. You keep reading, this is Jesus Christ. Mm. And I'm going through some terrible stuff right now. But Jesus went through truly awesome stuff so that he could go through this with me and he knows what I'm going through right now. Mm. 
It's a really fantastic psalm. And if you want to be encouraged and if you want to feel like your troubles are small compared to what Jesus went through, then this is a psalm that once again helps us to put some things into a certain perspective that helps us to understand that Jesus suffered all of this so that when we went through suffering, he could stand there right beside us and he could say, I know what you're going through. I've experienced it myself and I can get you through this. This was a segment from this morning's breakfast show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like. everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate it's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then Bible study we have been having, and uh, we need to come to a finish in this next segment. We've, we've we're heading to a finish line. Oh yeah, it's huge. But uh, reminded to all of our listeners, if huge. You want to be in the running for today's prize? There are only seven copies. Only seven. I'm not sure that all are available still, but the number to text is zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four with the code word USA, and if you text that. Code word in USA. It's not even a word, but those <laughs> letters in. Then this book from Sabbath to Sunday by Carlisle B. Haynes will be yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed. All right, Sharissa, we have we have looked at a Titanic message here. We've identified these two power. Well, this power, this lamb-like power, is the United States of America that would give breath, would give life. This is how the wound would be healed. So the resurrection would take place through the United States of America that would, that would enforce um, through coercion as well as through deception. Satan will be at work through deception um, in order to enforce the mark of the beast, which we looked at last week, um, beginning in the United States of America and all the way through to the end, you know, end of the earth. Now, we've got to ask ourselves, have the United States and um, the Vatican been best buddies? Not always. No, they haven't been. Um, they haven't been because, I mean, you've got to remember where the United States came from. That's right. Came from the old world. So they separated themselves. I did a bit of Googling, and, um, and people can go to Wikipedia 
and you can type in list of meetings between the Pope and the President of the United States. And I discovered that the very first meeting took place only in 1919. So that's about 100 years ago. That's the first time a U.S. president and um, and a pope had a meeting and in person. Is, the United States had been a nation for 100 oh, years. Since, since 1776, okay? Yeah. Um, and so since, since 1919, then the second meeting took place 40 years later in 1959. All right, so four decades before they had another meeting. And then guess what? After that, whammo. There were four meetings in the 60s, three in the 70s, six in the 80s, five in the 90s, seven in the 2000s, and three in the 2010s, and one last year, 2021, which was the last one. Now, it's fascinating um, that the first papal visit to the United States of America was in 1965 by the Pope back then, and he also addressed the United Nations. The first pope to visit the White House was John Paul II. That was 1979. Mm-hmm. So you can see things are moving in that direction. And, um, and when um, Pope Benedict turned up in 2005, they sang happy birthday to him, <laughs> and he was there for a lot longer. And, um, and then when um, we've got Francis, when Pope Francis turned up in 2015, um, he also went to the White House, and, um, and he did more than that. He, um, you know, he spoke for the first time in all of U.S. history, he spoke before both houses of Congress. Joint session of a Congress. A joint session of Congress. And if I remember correctly, the Supreme Court justices were there on hand to hear. This had never, ever happened before. If you were told the American founders who put the Constitution together and the Bill of Rights um, and the Declaration of Independence, if you would have told them that a pope would speak at the very heart of their, you know, their their Congress, you know, in, in, in their political hall of power, you would have been laughed out of town. You would have been laughed out of town. So it's really fascinating what's been taking place. The United States and the Roman papacy have been getting coming closer and closer together. This was the front cover of the Time magazine back in 1992, February 24. And you want to read um, what it says there on the front cover? It says how a uh, holy alliance, yep. how Reagan and Pope and the Pope conspired to assist Poland's solidarity movement and hasten the demise of communism. Can you believe it? That was Pope John Paul II and that was Ronald Reagan, who was president at the time. They came together, they had a meeting for about an hour and they spoke of how they could bring down communism. Now that meeting happened back 10 years earlier, I think in 1982. And guess what? They are, they, according to Time magazine, according to this article that came out some 10 years later, they were instrumental, these two, the United States and the Vatican were instrumental in hastening the demise of communism. Was that a big deal? Huge. Huge. Absolutely huge. That was just monumental. Those who were old enough will remember, you know, when the Iron Curtain came down, it was huge. And then let's go to when Pope John Paul II passed away. I remember this. This is phenomenal on the front page of our very newspapers here in Australia, my dear friend. Mm. The Herald Sun and the Daily Telegraph, April 8, 2005, the front page had 
three presidents of the United States one plus one current, two former. Yeah, one current, two former, plus the wife of the current president, who was George Bush Jr. at the time. Uh, her name was Barbara. Barbara Bush and Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of State. Secretary of State. They were bowing before the dead pontiff. The dead pontiff for they're about five minutes. Kneeling they're all kneeling and they're bowing. First time in history that not one but three U.S. presidents have turned up. It never happened Amazing. ever. We didn't even have one, and now we have three. So this just shows you what is taking place. Um, it's interesting, you know, um, as we press on, 2008, April 14, 2008, this was the front cover of Time magazine um, on the eve of Pope Benedict Sixteenth first papal visit to the U.S. Why the Pope loves America. I'm like, have mercy. This is straight out of Revelation 13. you got to be kidding me. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you just can't make it up. I'm telling you. It's amazing. And um, do you want to read Do you want to read that little subtitle underneath the American Pope? So this is from Time Magazine 2008 edition, April 14. On the eve of Benedict XVI's first papal visit to the U.S., a revealing look at his long fascination with America and how it is shaping his vision for the world. Oh, is that straight out of Revelation 13, my friend? That's amazing. They've got no idea what they just wrote. How the United States of America is is shaping his vision for the whole world. I mean, like, it's there. Time magazine have no idea. I'm telling you, if these are not signs of the times, my friend, nothing is. Absolutely. This is mind-boggling stuff. We are not making this stuff this up, folks. This is just folk. the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, tip of the iceberg. And um, and then when Pope Francis um, went to the United States of America in 2015, this is almost unprecedented. This just doesn't happen that the United States president, you know, he, he drags his wife, his daughters, to the airport, to the Joint Base Andrews Airport there where the United States president with his family, there was Joe Biden as well with his wife and his and some of his family members, they came to meet Pope Francis at the airport. Had the red carpet, he came down. I'm telling you, it was like the king of the world had turned up to the United States of America. Mm. Usually the president waits for whoever it is that's coming to visit him to come to him, to the White House. But no, he went to meet the Pope at the airport. Amazing. My family doesn't even come to the airport to meet me when I come from an overseas trip. Wow. <laughs> I've got to catch the train back from Sydney Airport. That's amazing. Oh, mate. But no, that, that's quite amazing. I'm telling you, I was just watching it this afternoon. Yeah. I was watching it. You can go on YouTube and it's right there. It shows the whole thing, you know. Wow. Um, and um, yeah. And, just, and as you're talking, I'm looking at some of the pictures yeah, you've got here. They're it's amazing. just incredible, incredible. The red carpet. I'm telling you, this. for what other religious leader does this take place, Charissa? You tell me, in the United States of America. Does True. This, I don't know any other one. There is no... Other That's religious true. leader that has the red carpet rolled out for them where the United States president and his family and an entourage all turn up. This is just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he went to the White House um, and, um, and met there, you know, with, um, with President Obama, who was the president at the time. And so, yeah, President Obama and um, Pope Francis, they just got along like a house on fire because uh, one of his key, 
one of his key um, foundational, uh, I guess, um, agendas for Pope Francis was climate change. And he put out his climate encyclical in 2015, mm-hmm. just before he turned up to the United States of America. And so, so that was a big deal. So let's go to, let's go to the latest President of the United States of America. Who would that be? Joe Biden. Okay, good old Joe. And um, so Joe Biden, he he also, well, he's, he's the second Catholic. He's a, yeah, he's a Catholic. He's a Catholic, Roman Catholic. The first Roman Catholic. Do you remember who's the first and other Roman Catholic president? Kennedy. Yes, JFK, JFK. But what's fascinating is that JFK had to go to the Protestants in Dallas, Texas, if I remember correctly, and he had to share with them that although he was Catholic, he would not be taking orders from the Pope as to how he would govern as president. He had to promise them, otherwise they were reluctant to vote him in, or they were reluctant to, you know, give their, uh, you know, give their tick of approval to JFK. Um, to be the president because they had a, you know, a lot of influence, the evangelicals back then in the 1960s. And so he promised them that I am an American president and I will hold to the Constitution. Mm. Whereas Joe Biden, he's literally the opposite. <laughs> he's literally the opposite. This was a fascinating headline. They've had one meeting and it was last year in October uh, before the climate change summit there in Glasgow. Oh, there you can, so many headlines. I'm there. telling you, mate, this is all coming together. So do you want to read this headline from the Washington Post, Friday, October 29, 2021? Folk, hold on to your seats. Hold on to your go. seats. They need to pull over. All right. <laughs> President Biden meets with Pope Francis at the Vatican, bringing together the world's two most powerful Catholics. Did you just read what I thought you read? <laughs> bringing together... The world's two most powerful Catholics. Unbelievable. <laughs> what did the Bible say in Revelation 13? That there would be an, uh, uh, an unholy alliance between two beasts. The Church of Rome and the United States of America. They could not be more opposite mm-hmm. in their history and what they stand for, fundamentally. True. And yet they come together. I call it... You know, this is, I call it when opposites attract. <laughs> when opposites <laughs> attract. This is the ultimate, when opposites attract. Now, this other headline is really fascinating. Um, from Foreign Policy News, January 31, 2021. Could you read the headline and the little sub-headline under this? This is just mind-boggling. All right. Biden and Pope Francis could make a climate change miracle. That's the headline, subheadline. How the new U.S. leader and liberal pontiff, like presidents and popes before them, can cooperate to transform American politics. Oh, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> cooperate to transform American politics? The, the, the lamb-like beast speaking like a dragon? That's incredible. Like I'm telling you, it's just straight out of the news press. We're not making this stuff up. It's amazing. So Bible prophecy is telling us what is taking place right now. This is absolutely amazing. There's so much more that we could talk about, but we don't 
have all that much time. Basically, the bottom line is, folk, things are beginning to wrap up and we're seeing the writing on the wall. We're seeing these two powers coming closer and closer together. You know, climate Sundays um, for, for work, for family, for health, for well-being, you name it, it's, it's out there. And so as the Sunday movement, the climate movement, the family movement is moving forward, labor unions are going to start really raising their voices and showing their teeth. And I'm telling you, Sharissa, we are right there on the edge. And if God starts releasing those winds more and more, we're going to see these final climactic events of Bible prophecy that have been predicted more than 2,000 years ago. Amen. This is the time to make your choice for Jesus. Amen. This is the time Amen. to worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And to remind us of that wonderful truth and that truth which is encapsulated in the seventh day Sabbath, we're going to hear Nat and Josie Minicus bring us Temple of Time. God took six days and created Earth and moon and stars and sun On the seventh day He rested From the work that He had done Then He blessed it, made it holy As a gift for every man To remind us where we came from just how this world began Holy day, purified Set apart, sanctified Enter into joy divine In a temple made of time See Him worship on the Sabbath As His weekly cup the fury of the rabbis, for he would not heed their laws. So they killed him on a hillside as the sun began to fade. But he then kept the Sabbath as they laid him Forsaken and forgotten, desecrated and profane. But the sacred fourth commandment is still valid and unchanged. Hear the Father gently calling, If you love me, keep each one, not for merit or salvation. You 
that a beautiful song? Oh, indeed. Just beautiful voice. Beautiful it is voice. Very restful. And it's a beautiful way to bring us to an end today. Mm. We've, we've uh, really enjoyed, I have really enjoyed the study. We hope our listeners really enjoyed the study. I hope study. and pray they have too. And uh, Pastor Danny, what would you like to share as some final thoughts? Well, some final thoughts. Um, I think we're all well aware now after after this Bible study that indeed we are living at a time when um, world prophetic events are happening at breakneck speed, you know, at lightning speed. We're just seeing things taking place before our very eyes. And, and this tells us that Jesus is coming very, very soon. So we ought not to be afraid, but we ought we ought to instead look to Christ, put our faith and trust in him. And the closer we come to the end, yes, this world will become more volatile and, and more challenging, but the more we will trust in Jesus, the more we will rely on him. And ultimately, as every earthly support is taken away from us, all we will have is Jesus. And guess what? Jesus will be enough. Amen. Jesus will be enough. So I want to encourage our listeners to look to Jesus. You know, Jesus said, and that's why we call the show Looking Up, when you see all these things taking place, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And we are seeing these things. They're on the front page of of the popular news magazines. They're on the front page of our news, evening news headlines. They're on the front page of our Twitter feeds, Facebook, you name it. They're on the front pages telling us that Jesus is coming soon. So it's it's time to look up and to share with others, to prepare others for the soon return of Jesus. And I'm excited, Sharice. I'm excited to be living in a day and age when we can clearly say that if the world carries on as it is, if God doesn't pull back the handbrake, and I pray that he won't, Jesus will be coming very soon. Oh, that that is a that is a wonderful thought that brings us so much hope mm, because you know amen. I think we were talking in the break here and just thinking if we didn't know Jesus if we didn't have His word mm. to tell us not only what is coming but who is coming mm. and how we can get through what is coming the word, the future would look very hopeless and very stressful but when we have Jesus when we can look to Him what a difference He amen. makes in amen. this picture and yeah we're living in truly momentous times mm. and exciting times indeed. Well, Pastor Danny, do you want to close in prayer for us? Sure, I'd love to. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the sure word of prophecy. Uh, We thank you, Father, that the things that have been written thousands of years ago, we are literally seeing them unfold before our very eyes. Father, it's not one or two headlines. Father, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of headlines, dozens of 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 historical truths dear lord that are at, that are at our fingertips especially now in the days of google and the internet father we're seeing all this and we 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 know lord that things are are coming to that final climactic moment when um the world will make a decision one way or the other And, Lord, it's my earnest prayer that each one of the listeners who are listening right now or those who will be listening at a later time, that each one will choose Jesus for he alone is the one that's going to see us through and he is the one who alone is worthy of our worship, worthy of our allegiance, and I pray that we will all surrender our hearts and our lives to him. My Father, bless each person. Bless the families. Bless us, dear Lord, as together with Jesus we go through this final 
exciting, but at the same time, tumultuous time as we near the finishing line and the sound of the trumpet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us this afternoon. And uh, next week, we're going to get to talk about what's happening next week. But just tune in because you will be blessed. Mm. We will have something good for you. Absolutely. And uh, we're looking forward to finding out what that is. Next week. I think we reached the this is the end or no 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 ne- next week we're going to be taking a look at revelations um you know lake of fire oh, well, so in the so third angel's more. message so remember fear looks around regret looks back but faith always looks up we'll see you next week this time keep looking up don't give up don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart keep looking up don't give up Don't give up should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me